0: Hello, hello, and welcome to For Books' Sake. This is the podcast of 1852 Media with myself, Heather Roberts, and I'm Veronica Adams. And we're here to talk uh, with each other and uh, hopefully give you some insight into the publishing industry. Uh, Veronica and myself uh, work. We are 1852 Media and we work with authors, um, also public figures and small businesses to help them with their social media, digital imprint, social media, marketing, branding, uh, business consulting. Uh, the whole shebang. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> we started in the publishing industry and mostly work with romance authors. Um, so if you yourself are a romance author, uh, we have a plethora of experience to pull from. Yes. Um, but we do believe that uh, a lot of our experience is, uh, what's the word, easily transparent portable uh, to <laughs> this general social media marketing advice.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, like, that's the thing, right? So there are so many things about social media that really are not nuanced. And so a lot of Correct. what we learned to do with romance authors, chasing those happily ever afters, definitely can be um, not cut and pasted, but certainly looked at as a skeleton for building plans for small business, public figures. And really anybody who needs to market themselves in some way online. Exactly, exactly. But today specifically, we wanted to
0: have a little conversation about the industry, uh, the publishing industry and how it has changed. And yeah, it is, it has changed so much, even in the past year, it has changed so much. Um, it. It's been wild. Uh, we I started uh, in this industry blogging in 2014, uh, and that turned into the business in 2015. And uh, Veronica joined us in 2017. Yep. And now we are in 2023, and it literally looks nothing like it did when we first started. No.
1: Oh my gosh! Like I I look back on my time with you in 1852, and like. The changes I saw between coming on board in 2017 and the start of the pandemic, they were big, definitely. There's there's no ignoring them. But the changes since the pandemic has begun, the last oh. three years has just been it's crazy. incredible, incredible. Yeah.
0: And let's be honest, TikTok is a big part of that. Absolutely, huge part of that. And I love I love me some TikTok. Uh, I, <laughs> you will find me on TikTok a lot, mm-hmm. um, multiple accounts all over the place. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, it's really changed the way that you market. Uh, it changes the way that you receive information and it has, uh, for better or worse, Made it so that if you are a small business or an author, or who is an author is a small business, let's just be clear about that. Yes. But, yes, yes, yes. Um, if you own any type of business, you now also have to be a content creator, and that is very daunting for many people,
1: mm-hmm. for sure.
0: Um, I know a lot of our clients have been very reticent. Um, to join TikTok because they're just like oh another another social media platform well, and this yeah. and this one you have to like consistently post things in order sure. to make it sure. work.
1: Well, and if you if you skim the information that's available out there from the really large content creators who have enormous audiences and followings, you will understand very quickly that they got to where they're at and they have the audience and the reach that they have through a lot of daily feeding the platform content. I mean four, five, six, eight, ten hours a day sometimes creating content to build the followings they have. And when you are trying to write because let's let's face it, it's publish or perish, right? That's how right. that's how cutthroat, especially for romance authors, the market is if you aren't feeding your readers yep. constantly, you're eventually going to fade into obscurity and you'll be a name from the past rather than a, a present uh, force in the industry. You don't really have time to yeah. spend eight hours a day creating content for TikTok to market the books that you need to spend, I don't know, four, six, eight hours a day <laughs> writing or editing right. or plotting or you know whatever the case may be.
0: Not to um, mention all the other tasks that come along. Yeah. With it, like the uploading and the creating of the blurbs and the picking the covers and the, the designing. words and, and uh, media, oh the, oh my goodness, categories. the metadata. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Updating metadata. your back matter mm-hmm. and... Sitting on that newsletter and yeah. updating and, your own posts and pages off of TikTok, you know? I mean, you still gotta feed Instagram, a, you still gotta feed Facebook, maybe you're on Twitter, like whatever yeah. works
0: for your brand. And then, you know, also finding people to read your book. Yeah. So there's there's that too. Yeah. Um so, I mean, this was not meant to be a, like, overwhelming, <laughs> like, if you're an author and you just listen to this, you're like, holy oh, shit, is, I'm, I'm going to die. The
1: sky is <laughs> yeah. No, it's not like that.
0: Um, yeah. You're not going it, to, it's okay. It's okay. It's take a deep breath. This is good. This is a calming moment here. Um, you're going to be okay. You can, you can do a variety of things. Listen, do you have to be on TikTok in order to be successful? The answer you know. is no. The answer is no. TikTok is a tool, just like all other social media platforms, just like your newsletter, just like services that help get you the word out about your book. These are all tools that you can use and you can pick and choose which ones are going to work best for you, which ones you like the most, which ones are the most effective, you know, and sometimes that, that little Venn diagram is not the same. What is yeah. most effective is not always what you're going to like the most. Um, but there it's one tool out of many. Absolutely. And some people have thrived on TikTok. I mean, it has taken some folks who have not had um or have had great success or and threw them up into a different tier level. Sure. Um, or it has taken other people out of obscurity and yeah. you know, given them success that they've never seen before. And it's amazing. Uh, those book talkers, I mean, they're fierce. They are fierce. I mean, let's talk about a couple of things. So a couple of things that I've seen on TikTok come up this week. Let's, let's dive into the tea, right? Yes. Um, Yes. Yes. Um, So one thing I saw, and I made a TikTok about this on our TikTok account and rambled for about four minutes. So I'll try not to do that now. Um, Even though this is long form and I could go longer. Um, but girl, you ramble. That's what we're here for. I know. So there was a TikToker who I saw, and an author, and she was lamenting that. And I can't honestly, I can't tell if it was a, a stunt, like a PR stunt or not. You know what I right. mean? Because you yeah. you don't know people's intentions. But I'm just gonna take it at face value. She was saying, "You're not gonna see my book all over TikTok." Um. Because I just uh, got word back, she had emailed out, um, you know, a, a request for a review uh, to influencers. And she got back a rate card from one person. Um, it was going to be $7,000. Oh,
1: shocker. Someone for a TikTok You paid for
0: their work. Exactly. So here's the thing, though. She wasn't asking them just to review her book, like an e-arc she had. And then she was like, you know, we pay for the paper. She had a paperback book box, right. That mm-hmm. she wanted to send them with like swag and goodies and whatever. Lovely and
1: marketing tool as a great
0: aside. marketing tool. And we can, we can definitely dive into talking about that because that is the industry has changed a lot in that way. Um, but so she wanted to send them this PR box. And then, you know, Taking, like I said in the TikTok video, I'm going to go out on a wild limb and assume that she wanted them to then post that unboxing or do something else with the book that she sent on their very large platform. And when she got these rate cards back uh, saying, I expect to be paid for doing that, uh, she was just like aghast. And what got me was the comments. The comments were like the audacity of these book talkers. Like, Oh God, I can't believe people would, would charge for that. Dude. She oh. didn't say how many followers these people, these influencers had, but if you're charging seven, $8,000, you, you have a million followers. You have around a million followers
1: or sure. more. Sure. Because you know, that's likely, you know, or you have so much content already to create and, and to share with your audience that you don't need the additional business. Correct. Right. I mean, at some at some point, the market demands that prices go up because there's just not room for everybody at the table, right? Like, right. if you approach a content creator, a book talker whose dance card is completely full, you're going to get back a pretty steep rate card from them. Yeah, they've got they've got enough content already from other people asking to do partnerships and collabs. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't need it. Exactly.
0: And this reminded me of back in the day um, when indie blogging, you know, indie books just came out and blogging, Mm -hmm. excuse me, was a thing. And there were some big bloggers who started to charge for promotional placements on their sites. Mm -hmm. And that, that was, there was a whole kerfluffle about that. Um, so this is very reminiscent of that. Um, but then there was another, there was a huge blogger and I don't, I don't even think she blogs anymore. So I, I, you know, I, I will throw her name out there because she was great. Asis Asis book uh, blog yeah. love Asis, and she was huge, huge. If you it was if you got your book on Asis's blog page, yep. your book was going up the charts. Absolutely. Period. Her audience was loyal and amazing and engaging, and
1: it was know, an almost guaranteed boost for an author who'd never been featured by her in the past. Like, correct. It's a big and deal.
0: It was huge. Yeah. And she did not charge for any of it. She refused to even accept a free book. So she would go and purchase the books on her own and would read the books and would then post her reviews. Her okay. thing was that she wanted everything from her blog to be from her own personal viewpoint. She
1: exactly. didn't want to
0: be swayed by having received a free book. She didn't want to any of that. And, you know, I respect the hell out of that. I really did. She did do some things like you could pay to have like a giveaway posted, Mm
1: -hmm. but it had nothing
0: to do with like reviews or reviewing the book or anything like that. She bought all of her books and people would literally clamor, clamor to try to get her to buy their book, to read their book and promote their book. Um, And she just, you know, her view, at least- from what I read, was that she didn't want it to become a job for her. This was fun yeah. for her. This was something she enjoyed.
1: and the creative she, outlet, a hobby. Yes. She was not trying to monetize it. She wanted to be authentic. And that is valid. Totally yeah. valid. And I'm sure that
0: there are some very large book talkers out there who that is their jam as well. And that's how they feel too. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of the coin, there is nothing
1: wrong with charging for doing work. Yeah. At all, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You have a platform that has value. Y- you control that. It, it's it's yours, right? If you if you want to charge for access to that to third parties, it's totally your right to do so. And we could we could debate the merits of that in a different context. But that's not really what this is about. This is just about. Knowing your audience and, and being prepared for what you're attempting to do as an author, right? Because this person whose TikTok you responded to um probably didn't realize the monetary value of these book talk accounts and the people who are <clears throat> pouring all kinds of time and sweat equity into building and maintaining them. Um
0: that or she did. I mean, it's also possible that she didn't realize that they were charging for mm-hmm. a lot of for some of the content. I won't say a lot because I don't know. Um, right. some of the right. content that they were posting. Yeah. And she per- perhaps thought it was all organic and then was put very, you know
1: or taken away. Perhaps her PR box was enough of a payment in terms of having access to that audience. Let me send you some free stuff on right. my dime. And I mean, obviously you will kindly entertain that and share it with the people who follow you. Right. And perhaps even get some level of virality and be pushed out to the FYP so that more than just your regular audience sees the content. Um, I mean, brain-wise, that's not a that's not a wrong assumption to make or a bad assumption oh, no. to make. Not
0: at all. I think that, um, Expecting it is the wrong assumption to make. Yes. Um, because certainly we have sent out PR boxes with the hope that the people who receive it will post it. Mm -hmm. Sure. But I have not um, you know, made a video or ever complained, nor will I, uh, about the people who didn't, you know, post about Mm -hmm. it because they didn't say that they would, and that's okay. Um, some people did, and that's great. And that got more eyes on our clients' books. But unless I have a, you know, unless I paid for it or you've given me some sort of guarantee that you're going to be posting it, I don't expect anything from sending out a random PR box.
1: Absolutely.
0: um, And nor should you. And (laughs) just to the listener. Um, But yeah, are they, can they be expensive? Are they expensive? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it is nice to get a guarantee. That somebody's going to open it and share it with the world, um, and there are people. There are plenty of creators on TikTok. TikTok has what? Like how many users do they have? Like 150 million?
1: Like, yeah, it is something it like is that. A, it is a fuck ton, and they, there are that pretty, is that is a new standard measurement, ladies and gentlemen. Fuck yes. ton.
0: <laughs> there are plenty of creators on that app who would absolutely love. To receive your box and will then graciously post it in exchange for receipt of that box. Mm-hmm. The problem was that this person was targeting the high value yeah. influencers because she wanted free advertising.
1: The book I mean, talkers with the biggest audiences. Yeah. Absolutely. Of course. Listen, you got to shoot your shot, okay? I'm, I'm like- not <laughs> I'm not mad at her
0: shooting a shot. Like, but
1: I, I mean, am- in, like the hustling we do for Indies, I completely appreciate where this woman was coming from. You've got to shoot your shot. Like, if you don't ask. Sure. I, you know, But you then don't 100% make a of TikTok shots We don't take. But then don't but make yes. a
0: TikTok about it bitching that, you know, they're charging for their valid
1: work that they're doing. Right. right. Understand. I mean, understand who you're approaching and how they do business.
0: Yeah. I just, I, that was wild. So just so you know, to everybody that, you know, there are, pe- it's not all seven, $8,000. There's people who no, are variety Oh of my levels. goodness.
1: No. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like there's $50, there's a hundred dollars, there's, you know, $700. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 there's it,
1: a whole range of creators and creator rate cards yeah. out there. And it's usually commensurate with the creator's experience, their audience size, their deliverables in the past. Because I mean, if I'm gonna plop down seven or eight thousand dollars for a large audience channel to promote my PR box or my new release or my backlist sale, I'm definitely gonna expect to get way more than seven or eight thousand dollars in a sales bump out of that, right? All right. So right. they're charging based on what they can potentially and have done in the past. For other authors. And, and, you know, they didn't start at 7,000. So
0: there's a reason that they're there. Exactly. Um, They know their worth, and I'm glad for them. I'm glad that they've been able to make a business out of this and, you know,
1: do it. Absolutely. Well, and Um, something else that I think is important is if you have never done something like this before, have a chat with someone who has. Yeah, you know, I think one of the issues in this particular scenario may have just been a complete lack of experience and knowledge. Right. Um, there are plenty of authors who are partnering with content creators and who have paid rates for certain placements, for certain content to be shared for them in one way, shape, or form. And they can tell you, this was worth it for me. I spent X number of dollars and I saw a wide boost to whatever it was I was promoting whether it's just trying to find new readers, whether it was a new release, a sale, whatever. And, you know, do some comparison shopping. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Find someone who's done it before and ask them. Exactly. Or, you know, hire us and we can tell you the whole thing. There you go. Absolutely. I mean, among other things, that's exactly what we do. Exactly. So speaking of other ways that the industry has changed... I mean, there's so many other things that have popped up um, other than TikTok the past couple of years. I mean, there's Patreon. There's yes. Kickstarters now.
1: Yes. Um, I Substacks, mean- Substack, Discord, subs- so many different things. Yeah. And so it can
0: definitely feel overwhelming for an author to figure out, you know, what should I be using? What is going to get me the best bang for my buck? Yep. Um, I mean, there's- Merchandise—you can now do merchandise uh, easily, pretty much through, you know, a a Printful or Printify. Absolutely, and link that to your website. Uh, That used to be something that was, you know, really only available to larger, you know, author brands.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So you no longer have to order by the piece or like order in bulk in order to keep stock and be responsible for your own inventory and shipping. It's so much easier to run a merch store that way.
0: Yeah. And I know it is so easy to get wrapped up in wanting to do the shiny, trendy thing, like sprayed edges or hardbacks with foil covers and yes. all, uh, you know, discreet covers. Discrete discreet alternate cover. Yes. I, I get it. They are pretty. They're pretty. Or fun,
1: depending on your vibe. Right. Yes. Absolutely.
0: They are great. And I 1000% understand the draw, but also know that if you're not doing those, that's okay. Yeah. That's fine. Um, And you have to find out if, you know, if you really want one, get one for yourself, make it yourself and have it as a personal copy for yourself. If you think that it's a product that could be marketable to your audience test it out and see if that's something they're interested in but don't Take go it with you to
1: a signing event and see how well readers respond to it you know right. debut it in a public venue and just see what feedback you get or try to do a
0: kickstarter where you're yeah. not putting forth like a bunch of the money up front you're doing exactly. a kickstarter for it and see if the market's there before you dump a whole bunch of money into something that may or may not sit on your shelves for years to come yep. you know um i I 1000% understand the enticement because, you know, I like sprayed edges too. (laughs) So (laughs) I get it.
1: I can take or leave them, but I understand the draw. Um,
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm like sitting here like, see, my my toxic trait is I'm like, oh, I can do that.
1: So that's... (laughs) Let me bust out the Glowforge and everything else in my craft room and see what I can make happen. That's Heather. Yes, that That definitely...
0: that's my toxic yeah. trait. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, yeah, let me just go spend $500 on all the equipment I'm going to need to make one sprayed edge hardcover. Yeah. I mean, I haven't done it yet, but it's... It, it'll happen. <laughs> it probably will happen. It'll
1: happen. It'll happen.
0: <laughs> um, but
1: yeah. And when I'm- it does, we'll bring it to you right here on the podcast. <laughs> we will. We will.
0: I'll do my first one. Oh, the first oh. ones are always terrible. My first one of anything is always terrible. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's all right,
1: but it'll happen. So going back to this idea of industry changes just really quickly, something else that comes to mind is the landscape for actually how you publish as an author. Right. Yeah. So used to be, you either published wide or you published exclusively with Amazon and you made your books available in Kindle Unlimited now you have the option to make your book available through a subscription lending service while still being wide, thanks to Kobo yep. and the Kobo Plus program. So that's a whole new frontier that we're sort of learning one day at a time and exploring together right now in the industry. Yeah. I mean, it's brand new.
0: Yep. Um, so it's only what, like a month or two old? So we haven't mm-hmm. really, we don't have a whole really lot of in data.
1: in its infancy right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's
0: so exciting though, um, for a variety of reasons. And listen, you can download the Kobo app on your. You know, devices on your phone or whatever. Whatever tech you use. You do, just like the Amazon app, you do not need to buy a Kindle to access the Kindle app, um, nor do you need to buy a Kobo reader to access the Kobo app. You can, it's the same sort of thing.
1: Spoiler alert, I use all the apps on my iPhone. Yeah, exactly.
0: All of them. All of them. (laughs) <laughs> and so, you know, cause I saw some people at first,
1: like, you know, Oh, I don't want to buy another reader. You
0: don't have to totally buy another that. reader. But that's like, exactly.
1: Yeah. That's not a cost of entry for, yeah. for participating as a reader in the Kobo plus program. Just download the app and subscribe. Right. And frankly, I'm
0: loving the accessibility of it mm-hmm. because there are so many wide authors who just won't go into KU because of the, of the exclusivity requirement. Sure,
1: sure. Um, oh, and, and KU has its own problems, which yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about another day. Very valid.
0: Uh, very valid concern. And especially if you've been wide for a very long time. Yeah, you know, you're not, you're likely making decent money um, on these other platforms and to lose out on that is, you know, you're not going to do that. Absolutely. Um, so having this accessibility platform for wide authors, and I mean accessibility for the reader, because listen, buying books is a very expensive hobby.
1: Amen. It is
0: very expensive. <laughs> so... Having one subscription that you can now have access to all of these books that are otherwise distributed, otherwise distributed wide, is huge.
1: Yeah. Huge. Yeah.
0: And from what I was reading about Kobo Plus's um, payments to authors, it actually
1: makes sense and is based on a real formula as opposed to... Oh, it's not just some mystery pot where bonuses may be going out to Vela people from the KU Subscribe. I'm sorry, I'm yeah, getting on my high horse before I we know. do that episode. But like... <laughs> it's like, oh my God, there's a real formula here that yeah. like
0: makes sense. That's
1: interesting. Um, and also good for Kobo because it's probably a definitive business model that they can follow to... Yes. ...try and make the platform succeed. I mean, only time will tell if it'll catch on enough for them to keep it going, but... Yeah. I like the idea that there is a definitive rubric there for how people are going to be making (laughs) their royalties from being enrolled. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But no, I just thought that was, you know, another one of those really interesting developments in the industry and how things have changed because, you know, we used to just have debates with our clients in in consulting with them on the pros and cons of wide versus being exclusive with Amazon. And now it's a, it's a, a different conversation in the sense that you have the ability to be in a subscription reading program for people on a budget. Yeah, while also publishing wide. I mean, it's a it's a brand new frontier.
0: It's great. It's fantastic. And I mean, and not to mention the fact that there, you know, there's now a ton more library options yes. than there ever were before. Um, I mean, there's Hoopla and Libby mm-hmm. and Scribd and <clears throat> just excuse me so many more options than there used to be so I'm loving where technology is going in regards to accessibility um for reading I I I know I know
1: we're gonna have to have a whole episode on AI a whole episode on AI I I, I think you're right I think you're right yeah so I feel like with AI it's going to be a lot harder to take off the lawyer hats yeah. I, for those in the audience who don't know, Heather and I both used to practice law before we found our ways into uh, 1852 Media. When it comes to AI, all I can think about is the lawyer stuff.
0: Yeah, that's uh, same. <laughs> same. It is practically impossible for yeah. me to not think about copyrights and uh, all yes. of that intellectual, Pl- property, plagiarism, intellectual plagiarism, intellectual property. Yeah. Yes, just, all of it yeah, and how it all intersects and um, uh, yeah, I don't want to get too much into it, but like not even not even, not even publishing, but I was looking at Photoshop's uh, new AI generative tool, yeah, which I th- actually think is the least offensive AI image creation tool that I've seen, like least offense, least offensive in legal speaking terms, okay. Um, because not, it's, so, not so much, maybe culturally, but at
1: least legally, legally,
0: <laughs> um, because it takes like a piece of the image. You can put like an image in and then you can like make the, make your canvas bigger.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then ask it to like fill in the rest and it'll fill it in. Like it's the picture. It's crazy. It is.
1: Wow. It is
0: fat shit crazy in a good oh my way. Gosh. Everybody and their brother is going to be really good at Photoshop soon. I know. And you can say, like, you can circle somebody and just say, like, take out
1: the person. And it takes it out and fills it in with what otherwise looks like the background. Well, and um, so that's been possible using Photoshop for years. But, like, you have to have a set of skills in order correct. to understand how to use all of the different Photoshop settings to make that happen. This is literally just you tell the AI that's what you want done and the AI does it. Yes.
0: So this is point and click as opposed to like cloning every single pixelated cell and, you know, making it happen. So it's glorious. Um, and I think probably legally the least offensive. Now, of course, can you use it for potentially legally offensive things? Oh, yeah. Sure. 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 Um, but for its basic purpose, um, least offensive and then there's of course you know mid-journey and other things and AI for book cover art and that is going to have to that's different that is going to have to be a whole conversation
1: sure. <laughs> I think sure um chat GPT outlining books and and God only knows what else yeah so uh we will get
0: into that I think that we'll get into that next what do you think Veronica I think that's I think that's
1: great yeah yeah let's let's do it We could spend way longer than this episode has been probably talking about all of the implications and ramifications and yeah. So, well, if you got nothing from this
0: particular podcast, I want you to walk away with the knowledge that the market is going to always change. Oh, yes.
1: Yes. This is something that is just constantly happening. Right. And just like any business,
0: you have to evolve- and figure out a way to evolve with the changing markets in order to keep yourself relevant and thus keep yourself making money.
1: Yes.
0: Um, so that is something to think about and think about these things as tools. Don't think about them as a chore or something that you have to do. Right. It's they're They're tools that you can use for your business, um, in order to help it succeed. So.
1: So long as you're willing to be adaptable and learn them. Exactly. You you don't have to master every tool in your toolbox. Some tools can be like a very rarely once in a while tool. Other tools are going to be the tools you use every day You just have to stay on top of them and continue learning and, and rolling with the changes. Exactly. So, well, let's leave
0: them, um, with an evergreen marketing tip. Ooh, what you got? What you got? Okay. Uh, Evergreen marketing tip of the day, I'm going to say is expectations. Evergreen marketing. Expectations. If you are not meeting your consumer's expectations, you're doing it wrong. So an evergreen marketing tip is, for those that don't know, is a tip that is basically always going to stay the same no matter what. Um, no matter the market conditions. And so in-
1: universal truths, in universal
0: truths. So expectations in the book industry, you need to meet your reader's expectations. If you are saying it's a romance, it needs to be an actual romance and end in a happily ever after. If you are showing a book cover that looks like a particular genre It should be that particular genre, or else uh, you are going to get some reviewers who are not going to be pleased uh, that you have not met their expectations. So it's about making sure that what you're putting out, and this is applicable across all industries, that what you're putting out is going to meet the other side's expectation, the consumer, the reader, whomever it may be. Uh, making sure that those things are consistent will help you to get sales and keep loyal customers.
1: Not only that, find new loyal customers because the word of mouth, the reviews are going to be, this is the best X, Y, Z I've found. Correct. I always get my expectations met when I buy or borrow this author's book or this business is whatever. Um, you know what That's you're a, getting. so exactly. That's a good tip. Thank you.
0: Thank you. So that is your evergreen marketing tip of the day. And we will see you next week for a whole chat about AI. Yes.
1: And another evergreen marketing tip.
0: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>